0: Hey everybody, it's Mark. Welcome back to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Can you promise that I will come back? No. And if you do, you will not be the same. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Look, I know you doubt me. I know, I know you always have. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles, troubles. Hey everybody, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to me for another 30 minutes on this episode of this Poor Pastor's Podcast. I know that not all of you listen on Mondays, but for those of you who wait for every Monday to roll around to listen to another episode, I am thankful for that, and I'm thankful for those of you who listen at other times. In the last week was April Fool's Day, so with that in the rearview mirror, I'm going to talk about the subject of wisdom today. I hope that doesn't cause you just to shut me off. I, I really want to just talk about this with you and give us some things to think about um, in relation to wisdom, the voice of wisdom, hearing the voice of God, so on and so forth. I hope that you will stick with me to the end of the episode and that it'll be a help to you. So, without any further ado, let's dive into today's topic. I remember so many times, hearing conference speakers and pastors when talking about learning things, reading books, seeking wisdom. I remember many times being counseled and directed not to go swimming through a dumpster or a cesspool in the hope of finding some nugget of truth. Have you ever heard anything like that? They might say, Yeah, those people maybe they say some good things, but why would you swim through a cesspool to, to get a to get a piece of uh, a piece of you know rotten meat when you know you, when you can just listen to us and, and everything we say is worth is worth hearing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but yet it keeps getting said over and over again. I heard a man recently um, compare uh, people who read other versions of the Bible this way, where, yeah, you can find some good things in there, but why would you swim through a dumpster to get a, a, a couple of pieces of, of edible meat when, you know, we've got the, the uh, King James Bible, the, the, you know, the the uh, um, T-bone steak, you know, that that kind of thing, and I'm only bringing it up because that, that's the most recent example that, that I had heard of that kind of thing. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I've been thinking a lot about the subject of wisdom versus influence. And I've been thinking about this in relation to the importance of having sages in our life. And I'm using this the term sage in the context of someone who possesses wisdom, who can speak into our lives at necessary times when we're in need of wisdom. I love the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogies. I love the Hobbit trilogies. And I think there are great examples in those movies of exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, take, for example, the character of Gandalf. Gandalf is not a king. He is a warrior in his own way, but his role is is one of providing wisdom. He advises kings. He advises the warriors. He advises the main character. He is a main character, but his role is a support role in that he provides and represents wisdom. When they don't know what to do, they turn to Gandalf, uh, who is a representative of the voice of wisdom, and he advises them, in, in all kinds of different areas uh, throughout the movies. And I think that it's important in our lives to learn to identify the voice of wisdom, the voice of God, if you will, in our lives, and how often we value influence over wisdom. How can I say this? I'm just kind of trying to talk from my heart about this. A man can build a big company by following a formula, or through improper means, unjust, in unequitable and immoral means. He can build a large company that doesn't make him wise. A man can be a king and not be wise. A man can build a large church and be a successful church builder, and not be wise. That doesn't mean that all those who build big companies and all those who build big churches are not wise. What it does mean is that the size of an organization and the success of it is not an indication of the wisdom that is possessed by its leadership. And one of the mistakes that I think we as Christians are sometimes making. I know that in my own life, one of the mistakes that I have made in the past, and I have to guard myself against even now, is the idea that success equals wisdom, that influence equals wisdom. Now, this is oftentimes presented, we can see this on display many times in our conference platforms in our churches, when the, our keynote speakers are all men who have done it you know they have built the big work they have they have been successful at 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 building at church building and we'll bring them in to be the keynote speaker because I think one of two things either we falsely equate success with wisdom or we or we choose influence and success over wisdom, that if we can run with people who themselves are successful, then we can become successful. It's like how many people listen to a certain um, um, Christian millionaire and have him speak at their churches, even though he will literally bore you to tears if you try to listen to him. But the very reason that people have him in is not for his wisdom. They have him in for his money. They do. Everybody knows that except for those who have shut their eyes to it and are, and are trying to get uh, a little bit of money from this individual. And because we equate success with wisdom, wisdom comes from God. All the way back in the Old Testament, in the early parts of the Old Testament, especially uh, as, you, as you begin to read in Exodus and, and on into the founding of the nation of Israel, you find out that, there was, that wisdom was equated with skill and with uh, insight and intuition, and that God himself placed within certain people wisdom to know how to do this and to know how to do that, to work with wood, to work with metal, to work with fabric. Wisdom to work with musical instruments. That this wisdom came from God and uh, was given to these people to be able to do certain things, to understand certain things, to perceive certain things. Then you have the book of Proverbs, which, which exalts wisdom as being something which was with God in the beginning. Some have said that wisdom uh, is a is a personification of Christ himself because the Lord by wisdom made the world, and, but Jesus made the worlds and so on and so forth. I won't get into, into all of that. The point is that wisdom personified is that which was with God in the beginning. So wisdom is as old as God. It comes from God. And and out of God's mouth flows wisdom. So, what I'm saying is that when we hear wisdom, we are, in essence, hearing the voice of God. The question is, can we hear the voice of God through mouthpieces and through means that we might not otherwise attribute to God? Now, to quote a man that many people admired, uh, Jack Hiles. Jack Hiles used to say, and I'm sure it wasn't unique to him, I know it wasn't unique to him, that everyone knows something that I don't know, therefore all men are my teachers. We love to quote that, but we don't really believe it. Many times, Christians and pastors, fundamental pastors and fundamental Christians for sure, although we're not the only ones that are like that, we're pretty sure that we know more than most people. So we don't actually believe that we have anything to learn from people who are different than we are. And I think that's a shame because it means that we end up shutting off our ears to the very voice of God. There's a passage of Scripture in Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes is somewhat of a cynical book. Solomon writing it, and he's quite cynical about life and living and all of these things. I mean, if you can read Ecclesiastes and not see the cynicism, uh, and I know he, he sums it up by saying, so there, you know, turn your eyes to God because that's all that matters, but it's a really cynical book. Proverbs was written, and the parts of Proverbs that were written by Solomon were written at a time when he was, I think, much more optimistic about life and living. And towards the end of his life, if you believe Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, it's quite a bit different tone. It's cynical. And he points out a lot of tragedies and a lot of things that are a shame that they are that way. One of those has to do with wisdom. When in Ecclesiastes... Chapter number 9, in verse 13, Solomon said, This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city, and few men within it. And there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. This is an amazing passage in which Solomon paints for us the picture, real or otherwise, of this city, this little city, that was besieged by a massive army, but in the city was a poor, wise man. Theoretically, in the city was a king. A small-town king, for sure, but a king nonetheless. And yet wisdom was found in the poor, wise man, rather than in the king. And at a time of need... By his wisdom, he was able to defeat the larger king and save the city, but he didn't get any thanks for it. Nobody remembered him. Why? Because he was poor, because he was unimportant. And most men value influence and the appearance of success over the voice of wisdom. You have to be quiet to hear the words of wisdom. Most of the time, it gets drowned out by the shouting of kings who rule over fools. The loudest voices are very seldom the wisest ones. You look around your society today, on the news, in politics, and in our churches, the loudest voices are, are usually not the voices of wisdom. Wisdom is not to be found in in prestige or power or influence or even success. Wisdom is the voice of God and the thoughts of God placed into the hearts of men, and God is not a respecter of persons, and oftentimes the wisest people in my life that I have ever met are the ones who are least remembered. Wisdom is found in the nursing home. With the senior citizen who is shut away because they're no longer of value to society and they're a burden on their families. And if you were to sit and talk to them, you might have to sit and talk to them for hours, but as you did so, you would hear the voice of God. I want to challenge you to listen for the voice of God in everything that you do, listen for wisdom. And because wisdom is not necessarily found always in the places that we find it, I think it's important for us to, be, to broaden our horizons, to broaden our scope, looking and listening for the voice of wisdom at places that you might not think to find it. This is one of the reasons that I think it's a shame for us to be so isolationist in our ministries unwilling to listen to and to hear the voices of those who don't see things excuse me, exactly like we see things, the willingness to denigrate and cast out of the kingdom or completely ignore anyone who is not a, quote, independent fundamental person, as if only independent fundamental Baptists can be wise. The truth of the matter is we all know that a great many independent fundamental Baptists and a large number of those who are popular independent fundamental Baptists have not demonstrated wisdom in their life. Again, I say to you that success is not an indication of wisdom, but the reason that most of our uh, uh, conference platforms are filled with men who have been, quote, successful at building ministries and why we listen to them is because we equate influence with wisdom, or we prefer influence over wisdom. We're not listening for the voice of God. What we're hoping is that someone else's success will rub off on us. And sitting in some of our churches, but, but never given the platform... And in our communities and in our lives, but never given a hearing, are probably a great many people who, through experience and through humility and through the gift of God, have obtained wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, not success. Wisdom is the principal thing, not a big church. Wisdom is the principal thing, not all of the hallmarks that we attribute to influence and flash and pizzazz, wisdom is heard in quiet, not in in in, in the shoutings of the mob. This is why I read now. Uh, Jordan Peterson is super popular right now. You know, he's a, he's kind of like um, skyrocketing in influence, and I think that influence will wane as all influence eventually does. But I do not think that we should necessarily uh, jump on Jordan Peterson's bandwagon as, well. Wow, what a great Christian this guy is. However, I do think Jordan Peterson has demonstrated in a lot of areas real wisdom, truth that is in line with God, even if he is not in all areas what we would call a model Christian. You should be able to listen to someone like Jordan Peterson... And hear the voice of God. You should be able to listen to someone who's not even a Christian, but has learned some things about life. You know, Solomon doesn't say anything about this salvation experience of the poor wise man in that little city. That's not the issue. Wisdom is not necessarily possessed only by those who know God. We are all the creatures of God, made in the image of God, and... Whatever is closest to reality and in line with the truth comes from God, and so it is actually true that when we listen to people that we might not agree with everything they say, we're listening for the voice of wisdom. I listened to a sermon that someone sent me last week. Ninety percent of the sermon could be wadded up and thrown right into the garbage can, but the man said one thing, and I thought to myself, that's true. That's true. I'm glad I heard that. It takes intentionality for us to go through our lives and be able and willing to listen to those from all walks of life, rich and poor, influential and unknown, believers and unbelievers... And listen for the voice of God. And it is my contention that the more selective we get in the voices that we hear, the greater the likelihood that we will miss the voice of God. So if you are a follower of the memory and legacy of Dr. Jack Hiles, then do you literally believe what he said, that all men are my teachers? Are we willing to listen for the voice of God? Are we willing to listen to a Gandalf who is not a king, has never built a kingdom, but possesses wisdom? Are we willing to seek for wisdom? You know, Solomon said wisdom has to be sought for like hid treasure. That means it's not always going to be in the most obvious of places. Again, Jordan Peterson, very popular right now, and I think there is a lot of wisdom for life and living to be gleaned from the, from the words of Jordan Peterson, and a good bit that should be set aside. But if we're just following one rising star after another seeking for wisdom, we may be missing some of the greatest wisdom that we can ever glean in our lifetimes. Because this is a podcast about pastors, let me just say this. Some of the wisest pastors I have ever met in my life have pastored the smallest churches. The size of a man's congregation has nothing to say about the depth of his wisdom. You say, well, if he was really wise, you know, he'd have a big congregation. Not everybody wants wisdom. Most men and women pursue influence rather than wisdom. Most people, it's my experience, are not listening for the voice of God. They just want to hear something that's going to make their life easier and more successful today. We don't want to go to a conference and hear a man give us wisdom for life and living. We want to go to a conference and hear a man tell us how to, pl- how to plug you know, tab A into slot B and get a bigger church than what we had before we went. And if my church is bigger than your church, or our ministries are more than your ministries, then you have nothing to tell me, because it's the size of a man's ministry or the influence that a man wields by which we um, equate the amount of wisdom that he has, and we pass right by people. It could be that that person in your congregation that sits there and has very little to say because he's never given a platform may be the very one that should be doing the speaking in any given context. But if you don't sit down and take time to listen, pastor, Christian, look at your bookshelf. Now, let me give you a perfect example of why I believe we value influence over wisdom. From my own life, on my bookshelf right now, in my office, are books by a wide variety of, of people across the Christian spectrum and in the non-Christian spectrum. There's a reason why I rarely post videos with my bookcase in the background. Do you know why? Because I have seen how often people are looking for titles of books in, on your bookcase so that they can say, you're reading that guy, he's a heretic. You're reading that guy, they're not even a believer. You know that, So only if you have books... I was in a conference not that long ago. Well, it was actually a long time ago. It was early on in my marriage, so almost 20 years ago now. I was in a conference at uh, pastor school at Hammond, Indiana, where a man who pastors in California stood up and said, if it wasn't written by an independent fundamental Baptist, I ain't going to read it. And that's fine if that's what you want to do, but that's a horribly asinine way of going about getting an education. Not every independent fundamental Baptist that writes a book is worth reading. And it's it's the pride and arrogance that says we are the only ones who have anything worth hearing. I have books on my bookshelf written by Christian physicists who believe in an ancient earth. But I glean wisdom from their books. I have books by people who believe in um, theistic evolution. Doesn't mean I believe in theistic evolution, but again... It's so hard for people to look at the fact that you might read a book by somebody you disagree with, and the reason is, how can I say this? The reason that some people have a hard time with you reading books by people that they don't agree with is because they themselves do not possess the capacity to read a book without swallowing hook, line, and sinker everything that it says. But as one wise man said, it is the mark of an educated mind for a man to entertain a thought without accepting it. I'm not saying I have an educated mind, but I'm trying to. So I can read books across the Christian spectrum. I'm listening for the voice of God. I don't hear it in every page and in every line. But I recognize that the smaller my circle, the smaller my community, the more narrowed my focus, the, the less opportunity I have to learn that there is wisdom from God found across a wide range. Somebody's not going to like this, but I have, heard, I have heard truly wise things in the lyrics of songs written by unbelievers. I'm not suggesting that you go out and listen to secular songs, but I'm saying if you think that there isn't some wisdom there, then you'd be mistaken. Again, we could argue whether that means, you know, whether that means that a person should listen to it or not listen to it. I'm certainly not advocating going into sin looking for wisdom. What I am saying is that the voice of God is not often in the places where we think it would be. It's the still small voice. It's the words, as Solomon said, the words of wise men are heard in quiet. It's the poor man in the city who had the wisdom to deliver the city, not the king or the professional soldiers. I have books on my bookshelf written by people who are not even believers, but are talking about different areas of life. Christians can sometimes fall into the idea that, that only Christians have wisdom because only Christians know God. But God gives wisdom out of his mouth and places wisdom into the heart of men. And, and, and people who stumble across truth and wisdom in life, who share that with other people, may themselves not even know that the wisdom that they're sharing comes from God. But if we who know God and are listening for his voice, are listening to the people who are speaking around us, and we're listening for his voice, we'll hear it. But I think we are making a massive mistake when we are more interested in hearing the voice of influence and success over the voice of wisdom. Now, again, I feel like I have to keep repeating myself because someone will misunderstand me. I am not saying that a man who is a successful church builder is not also a wise man. Certainly. That can be the case. Nor am I saying that a man who is poor must, because he's poor, therefore be wise. Certainly not. Not all poor men are wise. Not all successful men are wise. Not all successful men are fools. And not all poor men are fools. But there certainly are successful fools and poor wise men. The point is, our emphasis should be on wisdom, not on status. And we are robbing ourselves of hearing the voice of God and being enriched and growing and learning more about God and the life that He would have us to live if we're shutting our ears to anyone except those with influence. I would love to see a conference that was focused on wisdom where people sought out men of wisdom rather than men of influence. This is the reason why keynote speakers have bios of everything that they've accomplished in life. You should hear this person because he's successful. But is he wise? Is he going to say anything worth hearing? Or am I only going to listen to him so that I myself can be successful like him? Can a person be successful without being wise? It seems that that they can Because no one would call a poor man successful, and yet in Ecclesiastes the poor man was wise. And the king lacked wisdom. Are you listening for the voice of God? Would you know it when you heard it? Are you willing to listen to voices of those people with whom you would not agree on every point, but listen for the voice of God and identify it and say, I'm not going to agree with everything this person says, everything this person writes, but I'm looking for the voice of God. Or you can say, I ain't going to swim through a septic system for a steak. Well, that's fine, but that's an unnecessary false dichotomy. I'm listening for the voice of God in my life. I hope you are as well. I hope sometimes you hear it here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I hope I've given you something to think about. I hope I've given you something to just meditate on and mull over. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Reach out, let me know. Thispoorpastor at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, thank you. I have really and truly enjoyed taking this time every week to speak with you guys and you ladies. Our audience is slowly growing. We're never going to be a top-rated podcast, but I'm thankful for whatever influence I may be able to have. And thank you for those of you who have reached out from time to time to let me know and offer your friendship. It means a lot. God bless you. Thank you so much. And Lord willing, I'll be back next week right here with another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast.